Welcome to the Bucket List Buster Travel Show. Your Bucket List Buster Travel Show helps you make your bucket list dreams come true. Host Karen Duncan spent decades running the travel business. She, along with other industry experts, share their knowledge, travel stories, and wisdom about how to travel, where to travel, and how to have a stress-free adventure. Tune in. Give yourself permission to focus on yourself. Create lifelong memories with families and friends. And finally learn to relax, rejuvenate, and reconnect. And here's the host of your show, Karen Duncan. Aloha, buenos dias, ni hao, yahate, bula, guten tag, bonjour, jumbo, board tarde, everything's iry, and good afternoon. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Happy Thanksgiving. This is your host, Karen Duncan of Your Bucket List Buster. I hope you're safe in your homes, at your family's homes. I hope you're having a good time spending time with loved ones or spending time alone doing what it is you like to do by yourself on Thanksgiving. It's all about you today. I'm grateful that I have my family here from Chicago and Arlington. And because of that, we're I'm not going to do a lot of talking today, but I do want to introduce you to our guest speaker today, Mr. Michael Dolan, who's this ski technician and head bicycle mechanic at Sun and Ski Sports here in Austin, Texas. Michael loves being able to introduce new people to cycling and winter sports and getting them outfitted for their new adventures. And he also loves to get out there himself and ride his bicycle almost every day. Mike's favorite ride is along Lake Austin. He does not miss riding his bike through the Boston winters where he worked as a bicycle carrier for years. Remember, this is Thanksgiving. Spend time having a good time with one another. And thank you, Mike, for doing the show for us today. And thanks to Sun and Ski for allowing us to come in and do this interview. Remember, on the 30th, Portugal with Sagres Vacations. Don't miss it. Talk to you soon and have a happy Thanksgiving. Welcome back to your bucket list buster. Karen Duncan here, your host for the show. And I have Michael Dolan, who's a ski technician and head bicycle mechanic at Sun and Ski Sports here in Austin, Texas. He loves being able to introduce new people to cycling and winter sports and get them outfitted for new adventures. He also loves to get out there himself and ride his bicycle almost every day. His favorite ride is along Lake Austin. He does not miss riding his bike through the Boston winters where he worked as a bicycle carrier. I don't blame you at all. Thanks, Mike, for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Karen. Absolutely. So you grew up in the Boston area? No, I grew up a little bit everywhere. Uh, born in Jersey, grew up in South Florida, Atlanta, Las Vegas, and Houston. Oh, my God. And after that, my parents left Texas, and they said, you can come with us or you can stay put. And I said, I'm going to go try Boston. And I moved up to Boston just to do it. And I lived up there for about four or five years. I love Boston. It was a beautiful town. Yeah. My son went to college at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I was down the street from him at uh, Art Institute of Boston. Ah, look yeah. at that. Yeah. My dad went to Art Institute in Chicago. That's funny. So you're a very artistic guy. Yes. I did my bachelor's degree in graphic design and I did uh, typeface design was what I really liked doing. So I did uh, made a couple of typefaces and designed books and... 
It was a fun, fun run. But your bicycle technician now. <laughs> Come on, help me, help me transition so, from so one to the other. The transition was when I was in school. There was a bike shop uh, about a block from my school called Boston Bike. Mm-hmm. And I made some uh, walking around money is probably the nicest way to put it. Got uh, it. Building bikes and just being helpful around the shop. And then when I wrapped up school, I worked for a number of years in my field. And my wife wanted to come back and do her doctorate. So she got into UT. We moved down here. I need Everyone's got to pay those bills. So right. I got back in the bike shop. Uh, when we it. came down here, I couldn't find anything in my field. So... One of those things. And Austin is supposed to be this huge tech graphic artist mecca. Tech, yes, but my background was more in print stuff, Ah. which would be book publishing, which works out phenomenally for Boston. Right. There are some here in Austin, but it's not nearly as as wide-ranging as what's going on up in in Boston, New York, in terms of publishing centers. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, perfect, perfect. So how did you end up here at Sun and Ski and um, bicycling? I get you say you were a courier, so that was your that was your the beginning of cycling for you. Uh, well, I always cycled as a kid, uh-huh. uh, and I cycled through high school. I stopped at one point because I got run over by a truck. <gasps> so I was hit and I got run over by a truck, and then I just stopped riding. I was about 15, 16 at the time. I was fixing a car up anyway so I could drive, and at that point I got run over. My mom goes, let's get that car working. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I I started driving until I was about 18, and then that's about when I moved to Boston. It was just illogical to own a car there. Yes. So I walked it, and I trained it for a minute, and then I got back on a bike in Right. Boston, I guess it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Uh, but when we moved back here, I, you know, I said, need to pay some bills, walked into a shop, had a job within a day or two of looking and bike shops and do for about two years, looking for a change of scenery, a couple of years, change of scenery. And at one point, probably about three years ago at this point, I was looking for a change of scenery. Right. And a buddy of mine, uh, Russell Pickavance over at Cycle East on the east side of town, mm-hmm. he goes, well, go talk to my buddy, Chris Brown. He's, he's looking for someone. Okay. We go say hey to Chris. Come in. Hey, Chris, how you doing? And we start chatting, and this seems like a pretty good fit. And uh, so I came over here. So how long ago has that been? Uh, well, I we moved back to Austin about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago now. And I believe I've been at Sunski about three and change. Okay. So been been a minute. Right. That's been that. That's good. And so, tell us a little bit more about what Sun and Ski is all about. Well, it's a multi-sport. We really just focus on a handful of sports. So, uh, skiing, Mm -hmm. obviously, ski, snowboard. So, winter sports, Uh, cycling. uh, uh, We do some running uh, and water sports. So, wakeboarding, stand-up paddle, that sort of thing. So, we really just focus on two or three sports. Uh, as opposed to right. every sport under the sun, ball sports, soccer, football, right. 
Um, we do have some more kind of fun outdoorsy stuff. Hammocks, if you're out at the lake anyway. Who right. doesn't love a hammock? Yep. Who just doesn't love a hammock anyway? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, cool, you know, the things that go along with it, your secondary and tertiary stuff, the Yeti coolers. the Nice. That sort of stuff. What, what How can we go have a good experience? Yeah. So. Yeti has come on strong, haven't they? They have. They love have. It. Absolutely love it. That's good. So what's your favorite winter and non-winter activity? Well, non-winter is cycling. Okay. <laughs> easy. That was the easy one. Uh, winter, when I go somewhere with a winter, I actually love sledding. Oh, um, yeah. I remember in Boston, I had a buddy up there. His name is Scott Murray. Um, for a period of time, he was the editor at the Weekly Dig, the weekly uh-huh, paper. Uh-huh. But we'd have one good snow, and we'd get together, and we'd go to the Boston Common, and we would just go sledding. That's, I commons. remember sledding. Yeah, and it was it's just so much fun to just roll around in the snow. It yep. really kind of brings you back. And um, Snowboarding's fun. I do like snowboarding, but if we say just go out, have some fun, horse around. And, yeah. It, it's usually sledding. That's the, that's the kid in us. You yeah. know, I grew up in the Chicago area, and I remember our very first snow and how my dad would take me out. I was an only child, so he would he knew that I couldn't wait for the first snow. Mm-hmm. And we'd get out there, and I, I we had the round sleds for a while, the mm-hmm. little 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 saucer looking ones. we've done cardboard boxes and then we had you know a real sled when we were when we would go skiing we could take a a real sled with us every so often Mm -hmm. um but yeah i that just kind of brings me takes me all the way back to childhood yeah talking about that it's a real visceral experience just yeah it just really gets you going when you do it and it really means that one always is special special place in my you know my it. my kids i don't think they've ever done that my cash, my son never has either but he's yeah but a, my kids are old yeah. yours, yours still <laughs> has a chance he's still got some time <laughs> you can make up for that yeah yeah but he's always lived down here so he's 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 only seen snow once yeah well yeah mine's seen snow i don't ever have to see snow anymore I, that's that's so sad but that's probably why I know I don't ski anymore. You know, I just got so turned off by the cold that to me going skiing wasn't worth being the cold. Yeah. The, the cold fingers and toes. Yeah. And the, the last, my last year in Chicago was one of the cur- coldest in history. And we, we caught the city bus to go to school. You know, we didn't, we didn't do the school bus or mom and dad dropping you off kind of thing. And I remember it being so cold that they said old people and babies needed to be careful and put something across their mouth because your lungs could freeze. And that's when I, you know, I had kind of figured I was going to a warmer climate anyway, but I told my parents at that point, I am so gone. That was the first year I moved to Boston. They had one of those where it was the first winter. It was January. I just got back from Christmas break. And they go, it's so cold that you will have frostbite within six minutes of exposed skin outside. Mm-hmm. And I just immediately thought that, you know, I need to catch the train. The train comes every eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to work out good for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. just craziness. So crazy. So what are some of the trends you're seeing with your customers in cycling and maybe skiing this year? Well, cycling, it's definitely for us, it's more mountain bike heavy. 
Okay. A lot of trail riding. A lot. Of, most people they just want to get away from the traffic. Mm-hmm. They want to get into bikes, but they don't want to mess around with cars, right. traffic. That would be me. And so the easiest way to do it is, well, where can we not have a car? Well, right. the trail off the road. It's kind yeah. of goes together. Trail, no car. Yeah. Um, so lots of trail riding. Um, a lot of people are, well, I always call just bike curious. They mm-hmm. want to kind of, what's this thing about? We'll say baby steps. Yeah. Let's do the neighborhood. There's a patio down the street. Yeah. Kind of a couple mile runs, some more neighborhood focused stuff. So we tend to do more of the mountain and more of the neighborhood stuff. We do get some of the road folks that are looking to do some distance, but it's usually more mountain and neighborhood stuff for us. You know, Austin is known to be a biking town, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So where, where are some of your favorite trails that you go or what type of biking do you do i usually just like to do more distance road stuff um if i get someone i'm tickled just right i'll go hit the trails but i remember growing up uh that was right when i was starting to have uh glasses realize i need glasses (laughs) and all i remember mountain biking was fuzzy things like coming up my face and i was like oh this friend isn't for me the road i can see what's coming so i tend to stick to the road um so there's stuff like there's the uh the waller creek uh bike path which Mm -hmm. will run from pretty much here to giddings um it's paved it's segregated uh minus a few crossovers but it's a beautiful little path uh paved well maintained um you catch it on the east side of town you can just go straight out it's a beautiful ride um that's a nice one i have a funny figure eight loop that i like to do my in-town loop which takes me uh, through uh, Terrytown okay. off of Lake Austin. And I love it. It's a, it's a very nice neighborhood. Streets are very well maintained. <laughs> uh, there's very little traffic because uh, most of the homes have such big acreage. Right. So you can just kind of cruise, minimal traffic, beautiful scenery. You can see the lake. Uh, easy to get to in town so I have a kind of my own little personal in-town route that I like but if I get out it's usually more on those longer longer path types. Are people coming into Austin just to bike? Some are uh, mainly for mountain biking. Okay. Um, It really is a destination one of them being um, Pace Bend uh-huh. Uh, out near Hamilton Pool, yeah. there's a Pace Bend, uh, Pace Bend State Park. Mm-hmm. People will travel to Austin area specifically for that, just to go ride nice. those trails. So there is a certain amount of tourism associated with it for those trail systems. Um, it's just a matter of people knowing about them, and there's some real fun ones around here. So we're gonna need to we need to maybe put that on Facebook. Some of the more popular ones. Yeah, there's a a, a phenomenal group in town called the Central Texas Ridge Riders, mm-hmm. where there are a mountain bike adv- advocacy group. They actually maintain maps of all the trails in Central Texas. Nice. Uh, with distances, difficulty, even just reviews. They go out and regularly do trail maintenance days to make sure the trails are in good working order, not overgrown, and they fix it. Uh, and they do a phenomenal job keeping up with a lot of the trail systems in town and advocating for those trail systems. That's perfect. Uh, in in uh, Central Texas. Perfect. So y'all come see us. You hear that. Y'all come see us if you're bikers. If you're cyclers and and come visit Austin, and come check Mike out here at uh, Sun and Ski, and and let's get him leading some groups out of Austin. That's what we need to do. I keep talking to him about that. So what's maybe trending in the ski department right now? Uh, the ski stuff. It's usually just more the skis are getting wider. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's really the big one for the skis. Um, everything's just getting a little wider underfoot. 
Uh, Are people still using two skis, or is everybody snowboarding? No, it's still two skis, for sure. That's still a thing. Okay. Um, usually, a lot of people, when they get into it, they go, do you want to ski or snowboard? And I usually tell them, if you're going to start off snowboarding, you're going to spend two days on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to start off on the skis, usually it's a little more upright. I'm sure the <laughs> snowboard companies hate me for saying that, but um, the, even the snowboards are easier to learn on now. I remember back in the 90s, uh, the boards themselves were a lot less forgiving right. uh, in terms of a learning curve. Nowadays, they're way better. Um, but usually, yeah, the, the skiing and snowboarding, it's still a pretty 50-50 mix. Okay. Um, mostly is it demographic? The younger folks are snowboarding, the older folks are skiing? or Usually, okay. usually, but I wouldn't call that a hard, fast rule right. by any means. Right. Um, you get the, the kind of... Uh, saucy dad, yeah, you know, keep that up one with the boomer that's decided <laughs> yeah. he's. I'm never growing old. Yeah, he, he can keep up with his 15 or 20 year yeah. olds, and yeah, he's he's all about it. And that's, you know, right on, man. More power to you for I keeping know. moving. That's um, cool. But yeah, usually it's just a, a bigger variety of stuff out there than there has been in the past. They're doing stuff easier on the turns. Uh, and even just the different shapes underneath the foot, they make it more stable or they pick up a little bit better in the soft snow. Um, but they're, they're, they're always mixing up every year with the, with the, the hard goods. Cool. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's trending and what's popular. This is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster, talking to Mike here at Sun and Ski. We'll be back in a minute. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our Speakers Network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back. This is Karen Duncan, your host of Your Bucket List Buster. And we are talking with Mike about things that are trending in winter sports. We're here live at Sun and Ski. And so what types of trips are people taking this time of year? Did they ever talk to you about what they're coming in for equipment for, where they're going? Yeah, uh, most of the time, this time of year, it's more pre-gaming for later in the season. So mm -hmm. they're prepping for their November, December, right. January trip, uh, kind of picking up any leftover clearance stuff, right. that sort of thing. Um, if it's their first time going, they're trying to spread the herd out over about three months yeah, <laughs> in yeah. terms of apparel and, and that sort of thing. Right. So they're just trying to spread it out. So it's usually more pre-gaming this time of year. Yeah. So so do you have, so what are people buying in the summer for sun? What did they buy this past year? Uh, usually it, uh, traditional summer stuff. We're talking sunscreen, bathing suits, okay. uh, you know, big floppy hats, normal, so, right. so, you know, my wife calls slippers, sandals. Right. Um, yeah, uh, that that more sort of thing. Real meat and potatoes summer. Yeah, because I came stuff. in when I came in last week, um, and I looked around. I was looking for some 
some of those athletic aqua sandals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You probably had them earlier in the year, but you don't have them anymore. We, yeah, they, it's end of season for the summer stuff. We do right. usually have the Chacos, and we also usually do the Vibram Five Finger uh, yeah, I've shoes. Yeah, I've got some yep, of those. Yep, and we usually have them, but they start leaning out this time mm-hmm. of year. We're, I feel like we're a bit of a, a funny place where we don't really have a solid summer and a solid winter and even if you travel for winter well lo and behold it's still summer here and right so and that's and that's what i'm that's what i find really difficult here in the austin area specifically because we don't get four seasons nope. it, we nope. have like <laughs> one and one a half, and, a half. <laughs> yeah. and and so i'm starting to see in some of the more um conventional stores like the dsw shoe stores that they are keeping some sandals and some other things mm-hmm on a year-round basis, where if you were in the Midwest, the North, East, or some of those places, the, there's no way you can find yeah. anything. They're, they're long gone from yeah. there. Yeah, and we do too. We try to keep uh, on hand not nearly as wide of a selection as mm-hmm. we would in the summertime, but we try to keep something on hand for sure. Right, right. So what activities, I guess we've kind of talked about that, are most popular and when? We've talked about skiing and snowboarding we've talked about cycling mm-hmm. um anybody coming in here i was checking out the um running stroller that um you guys have mm-hmm. and i will tell you a story that that was my invention that never got made <laughs> and never got submitted because when i was um when my kids were young and i was doing more running I was using a conventional conventional stroller, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking there's got to be a better way because it would flip up. It would just you know it just didn't work. And lo and behold, once they got of age, someone came out with the right kind of stroller yep. to be used, and I'm really kind of pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That was a million dollar idea sitting right you know, there. You <laughs> know how many ideas have we come up with and we just didn't pull the trigger? Yeah. You know? Me and one of the other guys were. I don't even remember the idea, but we were sitting there going, "That was my idea." I know. And we just frustrated, we didn't. I've got one that's been brewing that I haven't moved on, and I'm determined that I'm going to get this one done. So. But biking, I mean, uh, uh, running is another one. Yeah, real popular around here. Yeah. Uh, weather stays good for it pretty much all year. So you can be running four, se- four seasons if yeah. you wanted. Four giant air quotes. Yeah. Four seasons. One and a half seasons a year. One and a half seasons. <laughs> That's exactly right. There are some diehard runners here. So yes. no matter what the weather is like, they're running. And we have sure. some great uh, infrastructure in town for it, too, with the Town Lake Trails yeah. and even going through Peace Park. We have some beautiful parks for running and around. Everybody has a 10K or 5k at yep. some point of the year turkey even, trots are coming turkey, up. i was just going to say even up. on thanksgiving <laughs> they want you to get out there and run yep. so that you can work off all that turkey yep. and dressing that Thunder, you're going to eat got their turkey trot coming up yep. that's right around the corner yeah amazing amazing so what are people doing in central texas area are there any um, group bikers or group ski clubs? And Well, there is the Austin Ski Club. Mm-hmm. Um, they are pretty active. They usually do more organized trips, so mm-hmm. they will all kind of pool their resources and go to a certain resort and, and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of cycling groups, there's uh, a bunch. There's oh, there's a, yeah, there's I, can't even, I couldn't even count them all. Um, yeah. there's, there's one every night if you wanted to go. Yeah. And that's not including just regular uh, shops. That's also the Austin Cycling Association helps curate a list in terms of difficulty. So some of you're trying to get into, they can say this is kind of an A, super easy. We're keeping it real chill, flat. 
B, we're going to be a little bit more spirited. C, hey, we're going to have some hills. Mm -hmm. D, you're, it, it's going to be rough. <laughs> you better, but hopefully you've been practicing. But uh, they, you know, there's, there's any number of rides, not including the social stuff. Well, you know, there's a huge push right now. I'm a baby boomer. I don't know if my listeners knew that. Could you tell by my voice? But anyway... <laughs> Um, I'm not one of those baby boomers that will just jump out there on the snowboard, but I consider myself pretty active. And I had decided that I was going to learn or was going to start cycling. Mm -hmm. And But, you know, cycling can be a big investment, just okay. like any sport or activity yeah. that you're getting into. So a friend of our, my husband's had two bikes that he was getting rid of, and my husband said he just used you to clean out his garage. But it, I was able to buy these two bikes for very cheap just to see if we would ride. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. otherwise, why spend all that money and then you find it's like having a elliptical or a treadmill at home, yep. you know? Yep. So um, I'm afraid to say I haven't ridden much. <laughs> I, I, and he has not ridden hardly at all. So I'm, I'm still determined because a lot of the trips that are taking place now internationally are adding um, activities components or, or soft adventure components. Mm -hmm. And cycling is one of those things where you can, it's, you know, it's not a hard ride, but you get to go through the countryside and see the sites by, yeah. by and, cycle. And you by cycle, it's a little bit more fun too. You're not on a tour bus, so you're actually... Right. You can take in the sites a little bit better. You also tend to have a better interaction with people, which yeah. is usually if you're traveling, yeah. that's that's exactly right. That's a that, pretty that's big the component. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. So you can you tend to have better interactions with people when you do it via bikes. So, right. Um, yeah. Usually the thing that always concerns me the most when people say I got it out of so and so's garage and it's gonna be great and usually the first thing that crossed my mind is safety. Does it fit you? We'll see, and that yeah. and and if you if, think about it, if uh, someone goes, I'm cleaning out my closet. Do you want these jeans? And you go, Sure, sure, I want try those them jeans on. without even trying them on. And then you get home, and you're like, This isn't this. No, this dog won't hunt. I can't. Yeah. I can't even get these on. And then bikes can kind of be the same way. Yes. So you can, in a sense, set yourself up for failure. Right out of the gate and you go, well, I hated it. I had this free bike and I wouldn't ride it. It's like, well, it didn't fit you. It wasn't working right. And then... Well, see, and you're that's part of it. I did take it to get it um, looked at and mm -hmm. make sure that it was safe, safe and that it yeah. would ride. Yeah. But I need the seat to be raised. And I've asked my husband several times to raise my seat and it hasn't. So that's that has that is my excuse that I'm using for and me having not ridden it. A lot of people use that. One. It's a solid excuse, uh, but you yeah, because it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, and if it's uncomfortable, and everyone people don't quite realize is everyone's body is a little bit different, and seats are a very uh, sensitive subject yes. for a lot of people. So it they they come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes, where just kind of one will tear you up. Right. And I've had some where I just went, I gotta try that saddle, and yeah. then I try it and I go, Oh no, that that that, that Lord, didn't that didn't work. Right. And someone goes, Can I try it? I'm gonna just take it, just get it out yeah. of my sight. I can't. I don't want to see it. Uh, yeah. But then you eventually find one that you like, and it makes life more comfortable. And so it's one of those things if you bring it in, or at least. Most shops are always a service shop also. Right. Or if you need help in terms of fitting, finding that saddle to make life a little more comfortable, it's easier to progressively step into it. And if you happen to say, you know, cross your fingers, that bike did fit, it's safe, minimal investment. Right. Then, yes, that can be a very good avenue. But I tend to tell people to kind of move in a bit more tentatively right. on that route because it could just be a $50 Walmart bike that... 
you weren't going to have a good time on no matter how much money you threw at it. See there, <laughs> folks? So don't do what I did. It's what he's saying. Just be careful. Just, <laughs> no, no, no. Just say, don't do that. Just be careful. I've seen some real jewels come out of some garages for right. zero dollars where... I just salivating over these bikes. Yeah, well, these were... weren't jewels. <laughs> They're not jewels, and uh, so we're we're gonna have to work on that. So, what's your favorite local, national, or international cycling spot? Uh, well, locally, like I said, I got my Town Lake spot, mm-hmm. and I, I love the the uh, the route that goes out towards um, Giddings. Giddings. I mean, those are usually my two go tos. Uh, I've had some fun rides in upstate New York. My okay. wife was born in Syracuse. Okay. So we went up to visit her grandfather one time, threw the bikes on with us, and nice. some beautiful parks up there, and we were just riding around Beeville. Anyone up in Baldwinsville, uh-huh. we were cruising around up there and having a good time. It, it was fun, too, because we were talking to my mother-in-law, and she was saying, oh, I remember this park when I was a kid. You wouldn't even. It, it was a it was a dump. They literally just dumped chemicals oh. into the lake. And if you saw it now, you'd never you know. know. They they cleaned it up. It was a beautiful park. Uh, and she was saying, no, you wouldn't even walk around here with shoes on. It was it was mm. contaminated soil, the whole, the whole nine yards. And it was a, a beautiful ride around the, the lakes up there. And um, so it's one I wanted to go back and do Finger Lakes. Cool. What about internationally? I've never, I've done a single international trip in my life. And it was only about two months ago, actually. Really? I'd I'd never had the resources to go do it. Uh, And I had the opportunity to drop my son off at Grandma's house. So he went to Grandma's house. My wife and I went to Edinburgh. uh, And we had a phenomenal time, a 10-day trip. Nice. And we did, we, uh, for me, it was a, a break from bikes when you do it. All 40 day. hours a week you're mm-hmm. like i just don't even want to see a bike right and uh but we walked everywhere we walked about 10 miles a day uh all over that we had a yeah. we had a ball just walk i'm hungry yeah let's get some food i'm I thirsty i need a beer and yeah we just kind of keep on cruising and we did stop in at a bunch of bike shops just to say hi and right. see kind of what the deal was and um the national museum of scotland i could have spent a week there for those of you who make it, the first pneumatic bicycle tire is there, which I we just came across, and I was, oh, I, I was, I took my breath away, and I was just freaking out over this tire. That is so funny. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, Dunlop, Dunlop invented yeah, it, and yeah. it was there in the National Museum of Scotland, and I was just elated to, That's to just find it. We're just wandering through the museum, and there it is, and. That's and on then, my bucket list. And then they had a, a bunch of Scottish-made bicycles also on display. Yeah. Um, so a bunch were made in Glasgow. So and... did you take pictures? Oh yes, yes. So I can was... you send me some? So I'll I can send you put some. them on Facebook. Yeah, yeah I, I'll send you some. Yeah, they were they were great. We had a we had a ball, and then we made it to a couple of bike shops while we were there, uh, just to say hi to some yeah. guys and just wandering around. I was taking photos of these old 1940s Raleigh's that were just out and about these old triumphs you just yeah. don't see them in the states they right. were never imported and um funny basket mounts that you know that that was you've got to do that yeah. more often yeah yeah and it was one we we had a phenomenal time there um yeah, weather was beautiful. great it wasn't i think we only had one kind of chilly day when we did edinburgh castle but otherwise it was relatively sunny no real rain um 
we had a beautiful trip. It was it's a great beautiful. time. And That's my, beautiful. we were, ended up visiting a friend of my wife. She did her doctorate with who teaches at the University of Edinburgh. So oh, cool. we kind of double dipped on that. Yeah. Trip, so, well, good. I'm glad you had that yeah. experience though. Yeah. It yeah. made you want to do more. Didn't it, it does. It really does. Uh, it was just so once you, you're working, yeah. she was doing school stuff. Right. It gets cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Travel internationally. Yes. Um, but no, we had a phenomenal trip and that was the first time I got to go overseas. So a little late, but better late than never. As long uh, as you get a start. Yeah, yeah, and that was our start. So yeah. we, we wanted to do a, um, since we just focused on Edinburgh, we wanted to, if we did another one, do the Highlands. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go see Ireland. Um, yep. I'd love to do uh, Germany. Yep. Um, any, I, I, Scandinavia is definitely on my bucket yep. list, yep. a yep. big Viking Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Um, I think I'd have a ball there. Um, and even a gentleman was in the store the other day from Switzerland, and I'd love to, mm-hmm. another one, another. I've got, I've actually got a group that I'm trying to put together uh, for Portugal, and part Ooh. of it is cycling. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. 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 It's a culinary and, and, and um, wine tasting, but we're going to do some biking and jeep riding and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a ball. I know. Lots of fun. <laughs> lots of fun. Lots of fun. So one last question for you, Michael, is what's on your bucket list? My bucket list is, of course, bicycle of related. Course. And I kind of <laughs> talked to you about it before. Yellowstone mm-hmm. does, and I this always gets me tickled every time, they do a spring bike opening. So they open up part of the park not the entire park to bicycles only this is before the park opens in the spring it's usually end of march and you have about a month so this previous year they opened up march 27th right to bicycle traffic on their main roads uh through i believe it was april 21st when the park opens proper full Mm -hmm. opening you can go wherever you want um, but it's bicycles only, but there are a lot of caveats to this bicycle only, which is there is no support. The weather is erratic Brutal. at best. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you are responsible for your own safety in terms of bears waking up from hibernation. Oh! And there's regular wildlife in right. terms of wolves and bison and all these other things. So, uh, But that is one that I'd, I'd like to do. Um, That's cool. And that'd be a fun one. Um, especially even if you just went in. I think one of the routes was about a 50-mile route. Right. Which one could tackle in a day if yeah. you were really really hound and pushing exactly. it and they they do allow camping on part of it but it's limited places because it's the backcountry spot so right. you kind of have to camp in certain spots but if you plan the trip out it would be a, a real fun one. but just the fact that it would be uh no cars yeah. in yellowstone yeah. outside of park services obviously exactly um that would just be kind of in its own worldly bubble where uh summertime hits it's a very popular destination in terms of car traffic yeah, yeah. and more, and more people it definitely be a, a kind of a throwback just in terms of people in the park even though i think they say april is usually one of their wetter seasons mm-hmm. there um get in the only thing you're really gonna see is other cyclists, cyclists. that would be quite an experience and yeah. that, that'd be one on my bucket list i'm coming back as a bear <laughs> so i can hibernate through winter have my babies while i'm asleep and then wake up and eat as much as i want to before i go to sleep again doesn't that just sound like the perfect life uh, that sounds phenomenal to me. <laughs> 
I love eating and napping. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, I do appreciate you talking with us. I've been talking to Michael Dolan here at Sun and Ski here in Austin, Texas. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. This was fun. I learned a lot today, and we will hopefully be back so we can talk about next seasons mm-hmm. or the season and a half, that half yeah, season that half. When, it's coming, <laughs> when it's coming back around. But this is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. I'm going to take another quick break, and I'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Thank you.